0: It's time to mind your business with me, Jamila Lodge. Tune in to find out how to mind your business with BEDC. Special guest entrepreneurs, industry experts, and more. Brought to you by BEDC. Bermuda business starts here. I forgot I got to put my earphones on too.
1: <laughs> Makes sense. make yes.
0: sense. Yes. All right. Just waiting for Mark, right?
1: Uh, yes, and my coworker Shannon.
0: That's well Okay, I see Shannon. Let
1: me see. I mean, he's actually just like right behind me, so. Okay.
2: (laughs) Good afternoon.
0: Good afternoon.
2: How are you doing?
0: Good, how are you doing?
2: Excellent, thank you. Good, good.
0: Okay, is Shannon gonna put his camera on. There you are. I like your background. <laughs> okay, so we're going to get started. Um, first of all, I just want to say welcome to the show. Thank you guys for making yourselves available. Um, I'm Jamila. I'm going to be your host for today. And joining me are our special guest, Mark Tomlinson, who's the police sergeant of Technology Services and Digital Forensics Unit, uh, Detective Constable Shannon Trott, and Financial Crime Analyst Calvin Non of the Financial Crime Unit. So welcome to the show, gentlemen.
3: Thank you. You're welcome.
0: You're welcome. So I'm gonna start with you, Mark. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Okay, thank you. I joined the Bermuda Police Service in uh, July, 2008. Um, I have over 22 years of um, law enforcement service. i previously served in the Jamaica Constabulary Force. And during my tenure in Bermuda, i worked in um, several years, the particularly Hamilton Police Station, Southside Somerset. I've previously worked with the Records Management Support Unit Um, Right now, I am the supervisor for both the Digital Forensics Unit and our Technology Services Department.
0: Okay, excellent. And so I'll let you, um, Shannon, if you can introduce yourself as well and tell us what you do. We can't
4: hear you. Can you hear me now?
0: Yes, that's much better.
4: My apologies. No problem. So I'll start again. Uh, My name is Shannon Trott and I'm a detective in the financial crime department. I joined the Bermuda police service in 2003. um, And my principal background is in investigations, um, financial crime, narcotics, um, intelligence. And uh, my current role in financial investigations um, is investigating uh, more high level uh, money laundering, oh. and cybercrime investigations. Um, so a lot of international cooperation um, and local cooperation with, with businesses um, in regards to um, any threats uh, in relation to, to banking. Okay. Well,
0: thank you for that. And Calvin, last but certainly not least.
4: Um, I
1: mean, compared to my other two co- co-workers, uh, I'm the newbie of the group. I've only okay. been working with- the the Bermuda Police Service for a year and a half now, but I come from a background in compliance uh, working with uh, banks and financial institutions to investigate money laundering and fraud.
0: Okay, so it all sounds very like um, CSI-ish for those of us (laughs) who are not um, sure what the financial services or crime unit is, Um, but definitely, uh, Mark, your title itself is intimidating. So what does the technology services and digital forensics unit do? What what are your roles?
2: Okay, so these are two different departments in the Police service. So our technology services department is the unit that provides internal computer technical support for the organization. This department is also involved in assisting the BPS in realizing its digital policing goals. And these goals would be uh, key in the implementation of appropriate law enforcement technology to keep the uh, community safe. So we're involved in uh, implementing stuff like the CCTV systems the, uh, or body cam dash cams, or online reporting for the public to, to make online reports to the police as opposed to um, coming to a police station. Um, okay. So we're basically our, the, the technical department okay. um, as it relates to the digital forensics unit. That's a specialist department that deals with the investigation of digital evidence um, as it relates to um, acquiring, analyzing, and reporting digital um, evidence for um, investigation purposes or court matters. Mm -hmm. So we would be involved in the seizure of um, digital devices from crime scenes and, and, and so forth.
0: Okay, well, it sounds very fancy, but today we want to talk a little bit about your participation in a series of webinars that we've been conducting, right, around cybersecurity um, and specifically our stakeholders, our entrepreneurs, our business owners. And we just want to see how your department or your unit works with um. I guess the the, the the law, how you enforce the law, and what I guess entrepreneurs should be mindful of. Now, the, the webinar's coming up on Wednesday, next week, Wednesday, April 27th from 12.30 to 1.30. And just want to find out from you kind of what are the things or topics that you're gonna be covering in that session?
2: So as it relates to the webinar for April 27th, it's really about uh, what the law says about cybersecurity, and some of the responsibilities for entrepreneurs. Uh, Most of these things fall squarely outside of police jurisdiction. We would be, you know, they would have to call upon the police to- to, to You're
0: the enforcers.
2: Get get involved in these matters. However, we do assist by providing, um, you know, information to the public, to businesses. How can you better protect yourself? How uh, can you better protect customer data? How can you uh, protect yourself against breaches? So the police do have a role to play as well, because if we can um, participate in the prevention aspects of the cybersecurity realm, then it may not come to a cyber, secu- a cyber attack or, right. or compromise data from a company if we can um, get ourselves involved from the beginning. Um, As it stands, uh, there's no single piece of legislation in Bermuda that specifically deals with cybersecurity. However, um, there are a number of laws such as the Electronic Transactions Act that provides protection and regulation for e-commerce activities. So any company providing any sort of online payment for goods and services, would fall under the Electronic um, Transactions Act of 1999. And under that act, there are certain standards for electronic transaction that entrepreneurs must follow. And of course, there are uh, responsibilities and there are consequences for not following those. Uh, however, those would fall squarely under the, um, Eca- the e-commerce advisory board. Right. Yeah. Those consequences can range from a warning up to fine or imprisonment. It can range up to $5,000 per day for a breach of a standard. But those are not, the police would not um, immediately get involved. There are some responsibilities for the police under that act, but Mm -hmm. as I say, those are not at the front end.
0: That's like when all else, all other things have been tried that, and, and nothing has worked, then you guys get involved.
2: Um, the police would get involved if it is referred, if the matter is referred to the police at any stage. Okay. Okay.
0: So I want to get Shannon and Calvin in here. When, in my mind, when I hear financial crimes union, I'm thinking like big money a lot of, you know, large corporations and that sort of thing. And our stakeholders are primarily small and medium-sized businesses. So would your units get involved for, or what types of issues would your unit get involved with with uh, stakeholders from the BDC stakeholder group? Can you give us some examples?
4: Um, Yeah, certainly. So the Financial Crime Department and the Criminal Investigation Department CID would deal with most uh, sorts of financial investigations. So yes, we do deal with large-scale corruption, uh, international money laundering, tax evasion cases, but we also deal with uh, local frauds that are more complex, um, embezzlement um, sorts of cases. So in in terms of smaller companies, yes, maybe something, um, if a cyber incident did occur, like let's say, a wanna cry virus was put on a computer um, and then a payment was sent out to the perpetrator and we want to try to trace where that perpetrator was we would involve other local stakeholders um, like the FIA, local FIA financial investigation agency um, who would assist us in trying to trace those kind of payments for online frauds um, and those kinds of matters but uh, in general we do deal with the entire gauntlet um, from, from um, low-level crimes to high-level crimes. It's just more uh, an issue of complexity. If it isn't um, complex, it may likely be dealt with in the Criminal Investigations Department. But as a Bermuda Police Service, we want to cover um, all sorts of crimes um, okay. and, and protect the public.
0: Okay, which makes sense. And the public needs protecting. But I think it, when it comes to cybersecurity and ensuring that um, you have safe holds in place to protect yourself as an entrepreneur or the business owner as well as your client what would you suggest would be best practices because in some instances they don't know they have a virus they don't know that they've unleashed this thing on um let's say their client base so in that instance is ignorance bliss or are you still held accountable if you find yourself having you know released a virus on let's say your your customer base
1: well, I mean, from a uh, just a protecting yourself sort of capacity, then business owners, there are lots of things that they can do that can you know, help protect their business and protect their own information. They can do extensive research onto their suppliers and customers so that they're not dealing with people or individuals who have a long history of of uh, being engaged in cybercrime or being engaged in cyber fraud. So there's a lot of things and a lot of services that exist out there that can help help um, you know, just your local business person um, protect themselves using escrow services Mm -hmm. or, you know, just doing enhanced due diligence on their suppliers, it's just simple things.
0: Okay, well, that's good to know. If a person is found to have not done their due diligence, is that when sort of the police gets involved and then it uh, it gets referred, as you mentioned, Mark, um, to your department for further prosecution or further action?
2: Mm Okay, so um, when persons um, fail to comply with these standards, so as Calvin Mm -hmm. mentioned, he did touch on some of those standards. So some of those standards would be to observe business integrity to ensure that the business you're conducting through e-commerce is not conducted in um, contravention of the criminal code or the Proceeds of Crime Act. You're not engaging in uh, businesses that can lend to money laundering. one of the standards also involve knowing your customer, you know, ensure that you're not, um, you're not supplying goods and services to nefarious individuals. Ensure that you know your business. Ensure principally, as it relates to cybercrime, it's about protecting data, you know, protecting that information system. So, one of the, the mandatory standards under the, the Bermuda law is to protect personal data. And there's an FT um, penalty for not protecting uh, customer data. So ensure that if you're collecting credit card information, if you're collecting persons' date of birth, their names, you're protecting that data. You're not holding on to that data if you do not need to keep it. Um, and avoid abusive um, use of, of data such as unsolicited emails and unauthorized access to um, people's computer systems or people's um, um, electronic communication. So there are a raft of um, standards that are, that are in place and uh, monitor for businesses to observe. And uh, my advice is that um, if a local business is keen on, entering the e-commerce market is is keen on providing goods and services online they should familiarize themselves with the local e-commerce laws and standards uh, for ignorance of the law is no excuse so they should maintain an awareness and adherence to local e-commerce laws Um, e-commerce providers um, should also use secure and reputable e-commerce payment providers They should also constantly monitor and analyze those payment systems to ensure that there is uh, no fraud taking place and they can quickly react. Those are some of the responsibilities. They should also engage the services of of, uh, qualified information system analysts and fraud examiners for advice on prevention methods as the landscape changes uh, very rapidly. It's a fluid marketplace, technology changes every day. Um, the, the, the criminals, uh, they change their tactics every day. So businesses must keep in concert with that. Um, businesses can also introduce mandatory payment card fraud awareness training for employees to ensure that their you know frontline employees are picking up um, the indicators of fraud very quickly so that they can um, alert the police so that we can um, we can step in and uh, protect our community. Um, and one of the other um, aspects is to constantly or consistently report the instances of cyber fraud to the police. And don't be Yeah, actually-
0: that's what I was going to ask you, Mark. So like, say, for example, someone um, there has been a breach or something like that. What is the process for the business owner to contact you and to report the breach so that you guys or the FCU would get involved and do your investigation? Like what does that process look like? So,
2: so I will um, revert to Shannon truck to answer okay. the process about the reporting procedure.
4: Okay, so in, in general, what would happen is um, like, like any call, um, it will go through a, uh, our call center, um, and then that report will be forwarded up to either the criminal investigation department or us, based on the complexity. From there, we will deploy the appropriate resources. So, if it if it involves, um, say, computer hacking mm-hmm. um, or high level threat like that, we'll also involve Mark's units. So, what would happen is, an officer like myself and Mark will attend. Um, we would, I would be responsible for interviewing. Um, whoever the complainant in the matter is to try to get a a better understanding of what occurred while Mark will check the system to see how the breach may have occurred um, depending on the circumstances. From there, depending on what's happened, like let's say money has been sent out to another jurisdiction, um, I would then likely either do production orders or uh, produce an MLAT, which is a mutual legal assistance treaty or an EGMOT request. Uh, What these are, They're basically just um, products that allow us to communicate with our overseas partners in order to get financial information, right? Um, We can't just, even though we're the police, we can't just call to another jurisdiction and be like, I want the banking information of a particular individual or group. We Mm. need to justify our actions at all times. Okay. Um, So we have legal standards to adhere to. um, And then from there, we would get the information back and try to conduct an investigation and either, detain or seize the cash that was involved, or look for the culprits locally or externally?
1: Hmm.
0: I mean, I I feel like in Bermuda, we are small. And so we typically don't think about that being a possibility in terms of having to I don't know, get, inv- get international support to try and figure out if fraud has taken place and all of that. But I guess it happens, right? You guys have actually had to deal with cases where um, you've had to use those tools or products, like you said, to get information, to try to to seek restitution or a solution on this end. Can you share with us examples of that?
4: Yeah, um, 100%. So- you know, uh, money laundering and cybercrime, a lot of these are international offenses. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if you have, uh, say for an example, um, an upfront payment scheme. So an example would be a local company had their um, computer systems hacked unknowingly. Mm -hmm. uh, And then what the perpetrators will do is they will send out emails within the, the, companies themselves acting as someone requesting payment for a product Mm -hmm. so let's say um, you're a school for instance and it was construction work going on and or say some lawn care needed to happen um, and a company they would um, pretend to be the company spoof them and then request payment of say five thousand dollars so then we would have to go in we would have to identify how the breach occurred, which mark will do Um, And then from my side, we'll try to trace those funds back to um, wherever they've gone to. So most likely, they've likely left out of the jurisdiction and gone to another one. So we have to work quickly in order to try to um, locate the funds and then we can freeze them and then try to have them repatriated back into Bermuda.
0: In the instance where, um, let's say you can't locate the funds. what does the 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 business owner have can they reclaim them or is that something that they should get insurance on so that they can get those funds back or is it just like once they're gone that's it
4: okay so um you can try to um do your best to to get the funds back and it depends on how the payments were made right there there is an opportunity for the banks to get it but in general if we can't locate the funds um a lot of times there isn't another option for to do, you, you honestly have to accept the loss. Um, that's why we, we, we do programs like this to talk about cybersecurity mm-hmm. and tips um, and being responsible for your customers and your products. You know, it's, it's not really acceptable to not have a proper cybersecurity program where a breach occurs and a perpetrator gets access to people's personal sensitive information you know, their, their personal details, their credit card information, and then it's used. Now, in terms of a credit card, there are certain protections in place, right, right. Um, and you can look to reclaim that. Um, you can look to, to claim on your business insurance sometimes, mm-hmm. um, but those are technicalities where you may get money back or may not, but the best route is to try to go with protection um, rather than try to cure it after it happened.
0: Go on the offensive, right? Not the defense. Like you want to get in first before anything happens. Um, yes. so that's that's definitely um good advice. And thank you for sharing that because I think a lot of times as entrepreneurs, you're like, if we build it, they will come. And we're always encouraging people at BDC that, oh, you want to consider your market as being more than just in Bermuda. So go outside of Bermuda and the way to do that is to go online, is to create an online presence. But then with that, you open yourself up for all of these potential fraudulent type of transactions and all of that. And what I'm hearing you all say is that the the best way to kinda um, do your due diligence is to ensure that you have the proper securities in place, that you're following the law that has been put in place um, and to hire, the correct people to make sure that you have what processes that you need to keep yourself and the client um, safe. So uh, I'm excited about this upcoming webinar. Are you all gonna be on talking um, with the public? Is that the plan?
2: We are yet to consolidate the uh, the final plan for the webinar next week. Okay, We're okay. Working that out. Um, I would like to add, though, in terms of the responses to, to the cyber threats for entrepreneurs, one of the key thing one of the key thing is people. Because when it comes to cybersecurity, you're talking about people, processes, and technology. Mm-hmm. And the key thing in that um, in, the, in that in that in that triangle is people. You can have the best um, information system protection, but People, um, if you if you don't train your people to recognize the security risk, if you don't train your people to follow defined procedures around uh, potential security threats, um, y- you know, you, you, it would be a waste of money to put up a system. It would be like building a uh, concrete building on a board foundation. Right, uh, right. So security uh, people, security awareness training is key in, 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 in the cyber security um, um, awareness, um, you know, threat awareness.
0: You're absolutely right. And you're saying something that everybody who we've had on since last year, talking about cybersecurity and privacy and all of that, it boils down to the people, right? Because yes. if you have the two, um, what is it? Two-factor authentication and then the person doesn't do it or they don't put it in, then it's, it's for nothing, right? Correct. No, no, um, right. Right. So, I mean, that was quick. We're almost out of time. Um, But what I would like to do is give you each an opportunity to kind of share with um, our listeners, our viewers, about why it is important to consider uh, cybersecurity, why it's important to put processes in place um, to protect themselves and their potential clients. So I'll start with you, Mark, and then we'll go around.
2: Okay, um, cyber security, um, cyber cyber crime can can cause significant harm, um, physical and also uh, mental, psychological harm to people. You're you're talking about issues such as um, theft of data, um, theft of identity can lead to a whole unraveling of somebody's life. It is very important that people pay keen attention to to cyber, security, cyber hygiene, and ensure that they're, they're conducting their business um, securely. And I want to just point out a few stuff. I know it's about um, um, entrepreneurs, but um, I want to point out a few consumer awareness tips that will help okay. the entrepreneurs. So in terms of protecting your payment information, your personal information, do not use public or untrusted computers for e-commerce activities. So do not sign on to a public Wi-Fi or free Wi-Fi and then do online purchases because there may be um, underlying um, methods that are capturing your payment data as you're entering that data. So do not trust the public Wi-Fi when conducting e-commerce activities. Do not make purchases when connected to unsecured wireless networks. You go on the street, there's no password to connect. Right. Do not conduct, uh, do not make purchases using those networks. Be aware of shoulder surfing. So if you're entering um, payment card information in the public, be aware that somebody might be beside you. Do not call out your credit card information and your date of birth and the expiry date. Do not um, be in close proximity to persons when doing that. Keep your personal computers up to date with the appropriate security patches and antivirus. Always ensure that's updated. You know, always check for the sign when conducting e-commerce. Very importantly, when conducting online shopping, ensure that there's an HTTPS, ensure that the, site, the website is secured mm. before you engage. There are a lot of sites that are offering online services and they're not using um, um, SSL, which is the secured um, um, certificate for sites. So customers should not um, shop with sites that are not secured, you right. know. And always use strong passwords. You know, do not use your date of birth or your yeah. names, and do not repeat passwords. All right. So those are some good security things for consumers.
0: Thank you for that, Mark. I mean, the the challenge though is like if I have to remember another password like (laughs) you know so we struggle against that although we know we have to do it right because we want to keep our money we want to keep our things and hackers like you said they're always um working hard so thanks for those tips and I would imagine that in next week's webinar you'll go over them again so that's great all right Shannon what what are your last words of caution and what can we do to make sure that we're keeping safe and staying safe
4: um, from, a, from a business standpoint, what I would say is um, everyone spoke about the standards that need to be upheld um, and regulatory requirements. So if you have questions on how your business should operate, reach out to your regulator. They'll be able to give you good information. And of course, if you fall, foul, you, you are in line for regulatory fines, police action. Um, and also you need to consider that you may lose your operating license or you might lose your business relationships. Uh, Cybercrime in general doesn't just affect you, it also affects your partners and your reputation. Um, an example would be, you know, if if your business can't operate, uh, gets accused of money laundering or something of that nature and you can't operate through a bank, can't have a bank account, That's true. You can't send money out, you, you basically can't operate in the world today. Yeah. Um, and information once it's taken and gets on the world wide web, it's there forever. Your name is not gonna change, your data breath's is not gonna change. Um, and it may be a continuing problem where um, you may deal with the first matter but somebody might use your information in another scam and then you know the police are knocking at your door because your information was provided. So what I would say is, is again, do your due diligence. Um, another big thing is don't be afraid to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Most of the time when these sorts of scams or problems occur with people directly, it's because they're trying to be secretive about it. And the earlier you get the police involved, the, the better your chances are, or even go for prevention. Ask right. the questions first. Ask a friend. Call, call the Bermuda Police Service Financial Crime Department, and, and we can answer those questions for you. Jen, okay. um, we'll be able to walk you through those steps.
0: Awesome. Great advice. Thank you for that, Shannon. And Kelvin.
1: <laughs> Hi. so I mean this my advice is less specific it's more it's generalized but it's just in this in this world now we're becoming much more digital and so our our digital footprint is almost like our credit score you know um, if people get a hold of your Instagram account or Facebook if you're a business there's reputational damage Um, if by you not having strong security measures from a cyber perspective and your customer's information is lost, then mm-hmm. their lives are affected. But specifically for you, um, if they're busy dealing with that and it causes them to take time out of their day or really causes them monetary difficulties, that means they have less uh, disposable income to use at your store.
0: That's
1: true. So you have to understand that your actions and protecting their information is also in your benefit as well. So. Uh, I guess closing words is just uh, take a breath and remember that uh, prevention is probably better than dealing with it in the aftermath.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much, gentlemen, for joining us. Um, Definitely some words of wisdom that have been shared today. We're looking forward to the webinar next week. You can register online at bedc.bm. It is free. um, And we're doing this to help you guys to prevent yourselves from running afoul of the law. Let's put it like that. So (laughs) I want to thank you, Mark. Thank you, Shannon. And thank you, Calvin. And you gentlemen, enjoy the rest of your day.
2: Thank you very much. It was All great. Right. Thank you very much, Shamita. Thank you. Bye-bye.
1: Hello there.
0: All right.
3: After that, after so years, I still forget to turn off the mic.
0: So I, I turn on the mic. <laughs> okay, joining me now is my colleague Dennis Carter, who is the junior uh, Michael small, and medium enterprise officer for BEDC, and he is also the person that you want to see if you have a business located in St. George's so we are going to talk specifically really quickly about the Marine Expo which is coming up on Sunday
3: so, I, know. It comes so fast.
0: <laughs> I know we were planning then all of a sudden it's like oh my god so talk a little bit first about what you do for BEDC and then tell us about the Marine Expo and why we need to be there
3: so yes, yeah, so, so thank you for the introduction. And it's always great to be back. Um, so I do, I am mainly based in the East End um, and I work closely with all the stakeholders and businesses within the East End as the East End officer. Um, and you know, we're, we're super excited about the Marine Expo. This is the first, probably one of the first big events back since this thing happened over the past two years yeah. And it's going to, you know, it's, it's shaping up to be a great day. It's outside. You know, we have a lot of vendors on board. The businesses are all open. We have a lot of marine stuff happening on the day. So we're super excited to, you know, put it all together and all this, all this work and all this stress and everything. <laughs> it's going to
0: pay off,
3: right? <laughs> it's all come together. And, you know, it's, it's, it's been a, it's, it's been fun getting to this point. So we're super excited to, you know, have it on Sunday.
0: Okay, so what, what is the lay of, of the land? What's the agenda? So it starts
3: at what time, and then what do we have going on throughout the day? Yeah, so it'll be from 11, uh, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Um, and we did unfortunately have the power boats. Um, the power boats will still be there in some capacity. We're still just working on what's gonna, what they're going to be doing, but there will be live demonstrations, um, okay. how to handle lionfish safely. Um, as well as a whole lot of organizations, Endeavor and USail will be there. So they'll be doing little testers, um, the pilot gigs, they'll be doing a little sample rowing. Um, And then as well as all the organizations, uh, such as the Bermuda Maritime Academy, they um, actually, if you wanted to go away and work on a yacht, if anybody watches the low deck and you want to go and be a yachty somewhere (laughs) around the world, you know, they're the ones to talk to and, and really getting all these organizations together in one place, you know, whether even if you want to become a captain in Bermuda, for example, we'll have marine imports there, um, as well as a whole bunch of other captains and marine people.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's exciting. I've been every time we had it and COVID, you know, put a damper in our plans for the last two years. So this is exciting that it's coming back. It brings a lot of energy to the town, I think. Um, And like you said, you have vendors also who are going to be on hand. Can you share with us some of the the vendors that are going to be participating this year?
3: Yeah, so we do have um, a wide list of vendors. So we have a lot of marine vendors. um, And then we also have non-marine vendors, which will be part of the Old Town Market, which will be along Water Street. So essentially, the layout of the event is along Water Street. We'll have the businesses that are going to be open. Um, A good majority of the businesses are going to be open for the day. Um, the restaurants are all going to be open as well as on Water Street, there will be the non-marine vendors. And then, then okay. as you walk out onto um, St. George's Square and Ordnance Island, you get the marine vendors. So a couple of the, the vendors that we have that'll be um, up there um, are, sorry, I don't know if anybody knows this, Sargasso Girl. Um, yes. A lot of stuff, um, a lot of documentation of different marine and animal life um on instagram but she also sells um a lot of cool um little note um, cards and stuff like that so okay that'll be there but we also have like the ocean prosperity program um i'm gonna pull up my list because there is about 60 plus vendors now oh that's exciting yeah so we have good job
0: dennis you've been working hard
3: (laughs) we have a lot of people that are Mm-hmm. Um, that are going to be coming down. We have also, um, let me just pull this well, up. Well, I'll so tell you
0: what I saw yep. on Facebook. I saw Amani's Cookies is going to be one of the <laughs> vendors on yeah. Water Street. So I was like, y'all know Amani Cookies are like some kind of drug. So, <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, so they'll, be, they'll be coming. Um, we'll have triangle sailing. So Kelsey Durham, um, who's one of our top sailors in Merida, he'll be there. Um, he's just launched a, uh, sailing for adults. Um, he will be there to, to speak to people that want to maybe race in the summer times. They have the Wednesday night racing, um, with the J 25s. Um, so he'll basically show you how to sail one of those, maybe help you get onto one of the teams. Um, so he'll be there. Um, we have the spirit of Bermuda who's going to be stopping in.
0: Oh, yay.
3: Yeah, we have um, the comic class. We'll have uh, A&P Marine um, as well as... Well, I'm not going to make you read all 60. But for the people
0: that see this or hear this, it's going to be lit. So you want to come to the Marine Expo on Sunday, which is April 24th. It starts at 11 and it goes right up until what, six.
3: So six. Yeah. Okay.
0: All right. Well, talk a little bit about how you were able to pull this off. We want to give a shout out to our sponsors and talk about the
3: importance of that. Of course, you know, definitely a, definitely a big thank you to, to Rubis who, who has, you know, really contributed and helped us pull this event together. Um, as you know, as, as well as our other, uh, Butterfield and Bermuda Yacht Services, of course, Mark, Mark is, um, the, the go-to on the day to help sort of bring all the boats and everybody together. But, you know, it, it, it has been a, a great challenge, but a very exciting one. I mean, this is my first, I would say, really big event. Mm-hmm. And it's it's been, you know, I, so I'm trying to go big with it. You know, everything- Of course,
0: that we, go big or go home.
3: Yeah, it's, you know, there is, there is so we, we've arranged the, the layout of the event. It's gonna be a really cool walk around. Um, And, you know, know, it's just so exciting to just see it all come together. And it's it's still a bit weird to sort of know that we're going to have this big event with almost no restrictions. You know, of course, if you want to wear your mask, you're more than welcome to. Um, But this is sort of the first normal event back. that I I know. I know. Well, Uh, I'm definitely
0: looking forward to it. We're encouraging everyone um, who sees this or hears this to come out on Sunday. It's going to be a fun time because it always is. Um, kudos to you and your team. BDC will be in the house with our booth to share information about the services and products that are on offer here, but certainly we're going to do it. We're doing all things Marine on Sunday. So uh, thanks again, Dennis, for being here and we will see you on Sunday.
3: Yes. Thank you for having Uh, me. I always love coming to mind your business. So anytime.
0: (laughs) That's right. Cause what do we say? If you don't mind your business, who will? (laughs) Yeah. Who will? All right, Dennis. Thanks a lot. See you later. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Mind Your Business with me, your host, Jamila Lodge. Tune in next week, Thursday at 4 p.m. Because if you don't mind your business, who will? Mind Your Business is brought to you by BEDC. Bermuda business starts here.